Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights podcast. In My Soul Delights, we explore the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights podcast. In this short episode, I would like to share with you some notes and reflections on a very popular saint, world-renowned, whom we often attribute uh, to his patronage, the finder of lost things. And so I would like to share with you on the gentle Saint Anthony of Padua, who I'm sure is familiar to many of you. So often we invoke him and we hear about him um, through members of our family or our friends or uh, the common story of turning to St. Anthony when we can't find something. But within the life of St. Anthony, the more we look at him, his charism, and his whole personality as he surrendered his life to God's love and radiated that gentle love to everyone that um, he met, we realize that he is a saint of great inspiration and whom can really help and intercede for us to be filled with zeal and love for God as well. And in the way that God is calling us to reach out to others and his unique plan for each one of us. So in this episode, I would like to share with you a little on Saint Anthony. I invite you to join me in beginning with a prayer as we ask for our Mother Mary's intercession for each of our needs. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph, pray for us. And Saint Anthony, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we often attribute Saint Anthony to Italy, and rightly so, because he, for the majority of his life, he was in Italy, in Padua, and we will soon find out why that was, or how that was. And of course, he is buried there. But St. Anthony was actually born in Lisbon in Portugal in 1195 and incidentally it was 13 years after St. Francis of Assisi was born um, which is amazing uh, that these two great saints lived during the same lifetime. St. Anthony was actually born with the name Fernando And it wasn't until he uh, joined the religious order of the Augustinians that he took the name Antony as his religious name. So initially he was ordained with the Augustinians and this was in the city of Coimbra. And Coimbra is a city just north of Fatima in Portugal for anyone that is familiar. It's a beautiful city, a small city with um, a lovely ambience and atmosphere there and just so lovely that uh, it's possible to visit those places that's connected with the great Saint Anthony 
And so this church connected with St. Anthony is um, in this city. And you can visit where he was ordained and where he ministered to people. But there is a story that while he was there, that he was deeply impacted by the life of five Franciscan martyrs whom had initially passed through the city of Coimbra uh, when they were on their way to Morocco to evangelize there and with the particular intention of bringing um, the love and knowledge of Christ to the Muslim people in Morocco. And their story really had an impact on him and he desired to be able to give his life in this way also uh, to preach, uh, to live a life of poverty and depending on God's providence, uh, traveling, spreading the good news. And within him he felt this desire or restlessness that God was calling him to something more. So at this point he decides to join the Franciscans And he does, and there is a lovely Franciscan uh, monastery just above the city of Coimbra. And when you visit there, um, you will see this beautiful white monastery. And as you're driving there, there are beautiful orange trees and lemon trees along the street. And it's known as St. Anthony of the Olives. And when you go inside uh, to the back of the sacristy, you will be shown the exact place where St. Anthony was ordained as a, well, sorry, where he received his Franciscan habit, uh, which is really lovely and it's depicted as well in painting. And I guess, uh, yeah, so when he became Franciscan, um, he also desired to go to Morocco to spread the love of God. And so he did. But when he arrived there, he became very ill And so he had to return. And it was during this return journey that the ship that he was traveling on ran into a storm and was diverted to the coast of Italy. And he was taken care of there by friars. So he remained in Italy and it was soon discovered that he had a great gift for preaching. So there's a story that one day there was a dinner between the Franciscans and um, accompanied by some Dominican friars and they were looking for someone to give a short homily amongst the Franciscans and none of uh, the friars wanted to take on the task as it was short notice and they didn't have anything prepared. So someone thought to themselves, well actually I'm sure... Antony will take the job. He's the youngest of us and he's less likely to say no. And so they asked Antony to give a short homily. And when he did, everyone was amazed by his gift of clarity, of explanation for the mysteries of the faith and expounding the beauty of the gospel message. And so soon he was requested to preach at many different occasions and he did so himself on the streets of Padua. Um, Any encounter he had was an opportunity for him to spread the love of God. And this news soon reached St. Francis that there was a gifted preacher in their order, St. Anthony. And so St. Francis later assigned him to teach his brother Franciscans. 
Um, so it's a beautiful way of just seeing how the Holy Spirit joins the dots and uh, connects different events in St. Anthony's life, though, as we might see, his life was somewhat blown off course, uh, that during the shipwreck, uh, when his initial plan that he had wanted to go to Morocco didn't last as long as what he would have wished for himself due to illness, uh, we see the amazing way God weaves his plan in through all these details, um, his ultimate plan, and how St. Anthony reaches souls in this way, in a way he may not have first anticipated. So St. Anthony uh, continues in this way and throughout his life there were many numerous miracles attributed to him and so he becomes known as the miracle worker and uh, there's some lovely stories of miracles attributed to his life and in fact in the monastery in Coimbra known as St. Anthony of Olives there are beautiful blue tiles within the church there on the walls and they depict different miracles relating to the life of Saint Anthony. There are many uh, which can be recounted. There is one lovely one and I'm sure many of you might be familiar already when you visit your local church and you see a statue of Saint Anthony. You will see him holding the child Jesus in his hand and often he has a lily in his other hand and the lily represents his purity, his innocence and his gentleness. But the child Jesus standing in his other hand, there is a lovely story connected with that. And so there's a story that one night when St. Anthony was staying at a hermitage, um, he was up till late in his cell reading and the man who owned the hermitage was passing by the corridor and noticed that there was still a light on in St. Anthony's room and was curious why he's staying up so late, why he's not getting some rest. And as he looked towards his cell, he noticed a light radiating from his room. And when he looked closer, as the door may have been ajar, uh, he noticed a child speaking with St. Anthony and it looked as though St. Anthony was explaining a theology or scripture to the child, teaching him. And the next day he asks St. Anthony, who was the child that was visiting you? And St. Anthony tells him that was the Christ child who was there last night. And uh, so this beautiful story of St. Anthony teaching the child Jesus the truths of scripture and uh, yeah it's something very gentle and profound about that image of Jesus and um, the child Jesus and Saint Anthony that I think is nice to reflect on uh, that when we are explaining our faith in a loving way even to imagine the Christ child if the Christ child was before us how would we share it with him who is wisdom itself and uh, who is divine and uh, to think of that, it's a lovely image to have in our mind when we're sharing our faith with others also, and especially children. So again, he's a good intercessor for helping us to explain our faith and sharing it in a loving and gentle way with others. And also a great intercessor when we are really in need of a miracle in our life. I think it reminds us that St. Anthony is not only the finder of lost items uh, materially or physical possessions, 
But really we should intercede to him for souls, for our soul, for the souls of our family and friends whom we want to discover Jesus anew. What a great intercessor St. Anthony is for that as well. So then there are other stories of uh, St. Anthony and the story of St. Anthony and the mule um, who reverenced the Eucharist or acknowledged the Eucharist as St. Anthony was holding up the monstrance in the local square. It's a nice story actually again attributed to him in Italy uh, when he was speaking with a merchant who did not believe what St. Anthony was teaching about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist and denied it. And so St. Anthony tells him, um, or challenges him rather, if your donkey kneels before the Eucharist, would you then believe yourself? And the merchant reluctantly agrees. So they agree to meet a few days later in the same place in the square and St. Anthony would process through the square with the monstrance in his hand. So the merchant goes home and cunningly plans to not give the donkey any food for three days. And when he goes to meet St. Anthony, brings a bag of oats with him, places them in front of the donkey as to distract him so that he would not recognize when St. Anthony comes with the Eucharist in the monstrance. So a few days later when they meet, the the merchant is there waiting with his donkey beside him and the bag of oats and St. Anthony comes with the monstrance in his hand and as he processes towards them, the donkey immediately kneels on his two legs um, before the Eucharist and this miracle, the story of this miracle spread throughout the village um, people were in amazement and um, it just highlights, you know, this this creature of God acknowledging his creator. And I think there are many stories similar to that uh, connected with St. Anthony, which have a lovely simplicity in them, but which so easily relate truths of our faith. And um, it said that this particular miracle took place in a place called Rimini in Italy. And um, in that same place now, in 1417, a chapel was built there in Rimini to commemorate the miracle. Um, so might be somewhere nice to visit if you are ever near that location. St. Anthony was about 36 years old when he died. Um, he was canonized just 11 months after his death by Pope Gregory IX, which is probably one of the quickest, I imagine, uh, canonizations. Um, such a short time after his death, so many people witnessed many miracles um, during his lifetime and also after his death through his intercession uh, that it was recognized that he was so close to God and united with God. And in 1946, Pope Pius XII made him a doctor of the church with the title Evangelical Doctor. So there are just a few short notes based on the life of St. Anthony and uh, to again encourage us to um, pray through his intercession for all the graces that Christ wants to give us 
to draw us closer to Christ in any area of our lives where we have not yet invited God into, that we are not afraid to find God in those places. Similarly to St. Anthony, was never shy of requesting miracles of God in a way, of course, that was always directed towards the greater glory of God and for the good of souls around him as well. So just to share with you before I conclude, a note written on the intercession of the saints in the Second Vatican Council document Lumen Gentium, uh, which is uh, based on the church and the church's mission in the world um, to be a light to the nations. There is a lovely short paragraph on the intercession of the saints, some of which I will just read to you about how united we are with them. As we know, uh, the catechism uh, describes the different type of church. We're all part of the one body of Christ, but we have the church triumphant, which are those who are already in heaven, in union with God in heaven. And we have the church militant, those of us who are still working towards heaven here on earth. And yet we all form the one church, the one body of Christ. And so just in connection with that, I'd like to share with you a few words. Being more closely united to Christ, those who dwell in heaven consolidate the holiness of the whole church. They add to the nobility of the worship that the church offers to God here on earth. Once received into their heavenly home and being present to the Lord, through him and with him and in him, they do not cease to intercede with the Father for us. So on that note, we ask St. Anthony to pray for us and intercede for all our intentions. And I thank you for listening to this episode of My Soul Delights and look forward to being back with you again soon. God bless you.